are Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Predators podcast. Justin Bradford, Matt Best. It is a mailbag day. Yeah. I wish we had a soundboard. Well, I mean, we do have the recording, so I might just save that now. Okay. Uh, so we had a few questions come in. Then this will be a quick episode unless Matt and I disagree completely on something and go off on a tangent. We can't really afford that right now because it's late and we both need to sleep and I have to be at my day job early. Yeah. And Matt's working. Uh, <laughs> Don't tell people what I'm doing. Shh, shh, shh. I'm not multitasking whatsoever. No. Update for the Predators as they're about to be home for the first time uh, since, I mean eons ago a generation ago four score and seven years ago it's been a long time since the predators have played a home game and they're finally going to be at home against the red wings coming up so i know it's one of those things to look look forward to because then we get to see the youth in full action and i get to see it in person so i'm, I'm yeah i'm looking forward to that uh, right there to seeing the, the youth in action not just ellie tolvin but seeing i want to see jeremy i'm excited to see jeremy davies play i'm excited for that and, and alex carrier so Let's go to our mailbag. Let's go ahead and kick it off with a hockey-related question because this is a, a pretty unique one. It actually comes from one of our giveaway winners, uh, Graham Borgfjord. And this, he's asking for, can you do a segment covering Poyle's wild 2008 entry draft? Five trades, all of them involving not it all, only involving draft picks. That was it as you quickly tap it at your keyboard there, Matt. Uh, <laughs> Make sure I have all of it in front of me. But it was. It was a very unique draft of some missed opportunities as well for the Nashville Predators. I mean, first of all, overall, when you look at this draft for the Predators, good draft because they got Roman Yossi. I mean, right, right off the bat, that is a that, that draft pays dividends. But when you look back at it, there are some players that they skipped over, and it wasn't just them. There are multiple players that – there are multiple teams that skipped over some of these players in that draft. I mean, one of them was a missed opportunity of Eric Carlson, yeah, <laughs> drafted 15th overall, and the Predators drafted Colin Wilson at 7th overall. And Colin Wilson had had a long NHL career before he finally retired after the end of last season. And then another missed opportunity. Who in 18th overall they took Chet Pickard, goaltender, which that was just, ended up just being a that was a bad not, pick. Not good. Not 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 good, not good at all. And that's I mean, what, the rest of the first round there wasn't that inspiring, other than John Carlson, really. Right. It, it's just one of those things too that I think there are some people that have been Predators fans for a while. They're still looking at that draft and they're nervous about picking Askarov because of what happened to Chet Pickard. I mean, that's, that's 13 years mm-hmm. right now, 13 years of, Ooh, of uneasiness. That's a, that's not any recency bias. That's just, well, look back at Chet Pickard 12, I mean, 13 years ago. <laughs> every draft has a guy like that though, across oh, totally. any league. Right. I mean, you look at the Cavs in the NBA drafting Anthony Bennett. So I right. uh, had that work out for you kind of thing for sure. And Neil Yakupov. I mean, stuff like that oh, yeah. just doesn't work out all the time. So I mean, they could have had Jordan Eberle who was drafted yeah. 22nd overall. I mean, I mean there, there's always the what ifs and you never know, but it, it is one of those things that overall, I mean, in terms of production, they got Roman Yossi in the second round. At the first round, Romanos was drafted 38th overall, and look at him now. Uh, so yeah. pretty pretty good to get him in the second round, just like how they got Shea Weber uh, after they got Ryan Suter and after Kevin Klein, I believe, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was they, – they got pretty lucky to get Shea Weber when they did. But looking at the overall, the, the 2008 entry draft was a pretty decent one. I mean, was it about 50% of the drafted prospects reached the, reached the NHL? Yeah, around That's there, I'd bad. say. I mean, That's not bad. 
it wasn't a phenomenal one where there were a ton no. of just otherworldly talents scattered all across it. I feel like there was a lot of excellent and top tier players, and then there was just eh, okay players because I, I have it sorted by points right now. It goes Stamkos, Carlson, Eberle, Doughty, John Carlson, mm-hmm. uh, Josh Bailey, Derek Stepan, Petrangelo, Yossi, Henrique. Pride of Burford, Ontario. Let's go, baby. Uh, Cam Atkinson. <laughs> I went to school with Adam and his brother, and that's like the biggest flex I have, I think. And uh, very, very nice family. The Henrik family is one of the nicest hockey families. Like none of them are like, yo, bro, what's up, bro? What's up, dude? And it's it's really refreshing <laughs> to not be around that. Because let me For tell sure, you, dude. going to a school where half of the school was like that. Right. Yeah, not great. But I mean, it was, a, it was a solid class. A lot of players in this draft class are still playing to this day, and a lot of them are still playing at a high level. I mean, Doughty is still playing at a high level after a bit of a resurgence. Uh, John Carlson, I mean, what can you say about that guy? Steven Stamkos, when he's healthy, one of the best in the league. Petrangelo, same thing. Yossi, I mean, I think we would be just beating a dead horse if we mm-hmm. bragged about how good he is. TJ Brody's been stable. It's just a, it's a strong draft class. And, and looking at some of those missed opportunities I, I touched on, reason why they're missed opportunities because the Predators traded some draft picks in in this draft so for instance Nashville traded its first round pick in the 2008 draft which was 15th overall to Ottawa for the Senators first round pick which was 18th overall and the third pick in 2009 well at 18th overall who was that player that was taken at 18th overall Chet Pickers. Are you at, yeah, oh, Chet I, you, I thought you were like <laughs> doing a rhetorical question. I was no, like, no, no. what's going on there? No, they, they ended up taking Chet Pickard with that one. But then there was also other trades that they were involved in. I mean, they sent their – so the New York Islanders traded Toronto's first-round pick to Nashville for Florida's first-round pick, which was ninth overall and previously acquired, and Florida's second-round pick in 2008. I mean, there are multiple just That's weird so hockey trades like... that, are, that took place in this draft. But this is where I get really interested in trade trees. And I know mm-hmm. there are plenty of there are some folks out there that are really phenomenal at doing the, the research because it takes a lot of research to do trade trees. But it's always unique to see, especially when draft picks are involved in trades and you do with the what ifs, which you can never predict the what ifs. But to see when a draft pick was traded, what that could have been for that one team or what it's turned into. And, and especially if that pick and then the player that was acquired by that pick leaves for other teams or is traded as well tracking all those different things. So it's just kind of unique to, to look back at that draft and getting Roman Yossi. I mean, that was obviously a steal in the second round, a tremendous steal for the natural predators to get him. And I mean, that was obviously still in the, the heyday of the predators, European scouting as well, that obviously so many teams overlooked Roman Yossi and what he was capable of doing uh, in that draft. I mean, even Victor Arvidsson, even though he's been struggling right now and you think he was skipped over, he's an overager. <laughs> Victor Arvidsson was an overager. Uh, mm-hmm. And then still drafted in the fourth round of the year that he was drafted. Uh, so it's just always interesting to look at drafts and you can, that's just where you just don't know. You can have all the information in the world, but you just will never really know. Even if it's a top three pick, sometimes it has not worked out for, for teams. So you just never know. It's always a crapshoot and you're just hoping your information's good and the player turns out. Yeah. I mean, it's funny that we're talking about this draft and how we talked about the upcoming draft in our last episode is while I do just, dump on this upcoming draft class and i think that's the nicest way to put it luke shen was supposed to be a revolutionary like defensive defenseman right. and i mean good for him he won a cup that's awesome with the tampa bay lightning but it just goes to show that what people have scouted and i know scouting's gotten better in the last 21 years or so 12 years wow math not good 
Um, oh, that was embarrassing. But like the chances that this draft upcoming is as strong as this one when we look back at it years later, mm-hmm. very slim to none. This like heading into this draft class, everyone knew Stephen Stamkos. Everyone knew oh, yeah. Drew Doughty. This year, it's Owen Power and friends. I guess that's what we get to watch. And it's I mean, not like it's not a dump on those guys. It's just like there's no generational talent. There's no exactly no generational no player, talent. Yeah. But there's you're top, gonna have plenty of players take make the NHL. They're just not oh, generational. Yeah, Owen talent. Power is gonna be a top oh, pair defenseman. Absolutely, just not for, generational. No, he won't change the game of hockey. He won't sell tickets as much as a Steven Stamkos has in the past. For sure. Not flashy. No. And that's okay. I mean, that's absolutely okay. It's just if you're a team that's going through a potential rebuild, that's not what you want. You want deep to where you know you're going to have second and third round mm. picks. You're like, those guys are going to be in the NHL someday. Uh, and it's just your draft just doesn't have it. But first round picks, that's where if Nashville is able to trade – to acquire a couple more, uh, at least one more first round pick that immediately helps the cupboard in terms of what you're building. Even in this draft class, you're still going to get a player that will most likely, more likely than not, become an NHLer someday. And that's all you have to hope for in the crapshoot that a draft is. And one, you never know with the lottery too. If they end up not making the playoffs and become a part of the lottery, you never know. You never this, know. Uh, <laughs> this inspired me to look back at how the Preds have done in the draft over the last few years. Oh, why'd you do that to yourself? And I feel like it's either, and this is me on the outside looking in, it's either, yep, slam dunk nailed it, or, ah, damn it, we messed it up big time. The 2016 draft, to me, I think is one of the most intriguing ones. Fabro, Sammy Gerard, oh my goodness, Rem Pitlick, Allard, like, that's strong. That's a strong top four. And, uh, I mean, three of those players are still TBD. So that one will be interesting. 2018 draft. I don't even want to talk about that. Uh, 2017 <laughs> draft is just Tolvin and friends. I think we can say uh, the 2019. Oh, whoa, whoa, dra- whoa. You say 2017 or 2018? 2017. 17 also has David Ferentz. Okay. It's Tolvanen and Ferentz and friends. I'm we'll just, go with that. I no, just I want to say, I and, and I mean, it's still the jury's still up because Vomachka's played pretty well at UConn. As well, great. I don't think he's going to necessarily become an NHL starter, but he no. could still be a depth goaltender in the AHL, which is yeah, something no, that I you think, still need to fill a role. I think that's so. fine. I mean, you also look at his age. He's 21 now. So if he was going to be something more, you would hope. Right. Otherwise, but, you're hoping for a late bloomer out of him. Yeah, but Ference is a pretty good one to come in out of. No, Ference is a good one. Yeah. Um, it's just I'm so dead eye on Tolvanen that I just looked at him. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, it. that's the one. That was supposed to be the one, especially if yeah. they feel like they got a steal at number 30. Yeah, and then the 2019 draft. I'm a big fan of the 2019 draft so far. I'm just waiting to see what the heck happens. Obviously, there's the big dog in Tomasino and Afanasiev. Right. But for the rest of the guys on that list, like, how many of these guys do you see making the NHL? I'm hoping you have it in front of you. Otherwise, I'm throwing you on the spot wildly. I always have things in front of me. I think there could be one or two more that at least might get a sniff at it. Uh, yeah. And the reason I say that is because overall, it's, it's still pretty close. You know, 2019 is only one draft removed from where we're at right now. So it's difficult to, to basically, you know, your Tomasino is going to make it. You know, your Afanasiev is going to at least get a taste and then see what happens with there. Mm-hmm. Looking at this draft class, it's also won some awards. 
I mean, Alex Campbell has been recognized. I know Ethan Hader just won the ECAC rookie goaltender of the year, rookie player of the year. I know Parsonen has just made himself a little bit known as well. So all these players are doing pretty good things in their respective leagues that they're in, which is what you want to see, that they're near the top. I mean, there's plenty of National Predators college hockey prospects that are getting recognized and rewarded. And if you're looking at overall in terms of your prospect class, the Nashville doesn't have a deep one, but some of the ones they do have in the system are good. And that's what you want, at least as a start. Obviously, mm-hmm. you, when you need quantity is important too, because quantity means a certain percentage of those guys are going to turn out, just no matter what. That's just how it works in sports and drafts. But the quality of a bunch of the players right now at least are forming depth in the organization. And that's what you want. You, what you want guys that are winning, oh, player of the month, player of the week, that are winning rookie goaltender of this or rookie player of this. That's what you want. They're getting recognized, meaning they're drafting towards the top not to drafting, but gearing towards the top of their respective groups. And that's what you want. You don't want a guy that's out there only getting three points as a forward out of 15 games. That's not really what you want out of a drafted player, because especially in college, that's not going to amount to anything in the OHL. That'd be even worse. Cause I mean, they need to be scoring a hundred points to amount to anything in the NHL uh, in the O, but that's what I'm looking at right now in the predators college hockey prospects. They have a lot of guys that are doing really well in their given leagues. And that bodes well for the depth. I'm not saying they're all going to make the NHL, but it bodes well for depth because you have to have guys in Milwaukee that are training and maybe they're a little bit of a late bloomer. And that could be a good thing too. But having Ethan Hader be recognized, uh, Afanasiev's off doing good things. Alex Campbell, I know has been recognized. I mean, they have some guys that are doing good things and you look at even the most recent draft class as well. I mean, Gunnar Wolf Fontaine is getting recognized for what he's doing. Such a great I know. name. I love it. I love it so much. And then uh, you, you have Askarov already doing what he's supposed to be doing. McLean is, is doing well at Penn State uh, in his freshman year. So you have players that are doing good things already and then see where they can progress. And that's what it's all about right now. So hopefully you have at least two guys from each of those classes make the NHL. That'd be pretty good percentages overall. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I, I think you keep looking at the draft and the 2019 entry draft wasn't the strongest draft in terms of NHL production already. That's the Jack Hughes draft. That's the Mm -hmm. Capococco draft. So I think you can still look at that draft and go, obviously the players will still play. Where is your cutoff point for this player was drafted in this year and they are no longer considered a prospect to me. I think for me, it's 2015. The 2015 draft, I think is my spot right now because that's where Carrier is. That's Mm -hmm. where Tommy Novak is. Yakov Trenin, I think right there is the precipice of calling them prospects because I think one year later, I can't really call them a prospect anymore. Yeah, because look at the previous year is Victor Arvidsson and he's been a veteran. Arvey, yeah. Yeah, they're veterans in the NHL. So I think that's fair, uh, especially just given the age and the amount of games played. And if you start looking at the amount of pro games played too, that counts for a lot too. And that that's why Carrier is considered a, he's deemed a rookie, but he's not a rookie by any means because he's been a professional hockey player for a very long time, all things considered. So yeah, I would say that too, because you even have guys that they've let expire. I mean, Tyler Moy is no longer playing hockey and he's no longer, he, they let him go. They let his rights expire a couple of years ago. Uh, And then they've let that happen with a couple guys. Adam Smith is another one in the 2016 draft, uh, uh, Jacob Paquette, they let they let those rights go. So when you're already starting to let rights go, that's already kind of expiring the the want and the need there too. But I think it's still, there's still a prospect if they're playing college or junior. And then when they're two years into the AHL, it's, mm. tough, it's tough for me to call them a prospect anymore. 
mm-hmm. they've completed two years in the NHL, it means they've been a pro for two years. They know what it's like to be a pro. Then they're just waiting for their opportunity. And yeah, we all group everybody together as a prospect, but in reality, they're not necessarily a prospect. It's either they're going to make the jump or they're going to be a death guy and be an AHLer for life at that point. Yeah. You, you I, know I what you have after two years. In, in exactly. Uh, and especially we're looking at the 2015 draft. We're nearly seven years removed from that. Nearly yeah. not there yet. So you, you tend to think, you know what you have in someone. Yeah, and, and again, it depends on if they're college or if they're playing junior that changes a lot of things in terms of ages and their eligibility and how long you get to hold on to them. Because you look at a guy like Yakov Trenin, who's been playing pro hockey, it seems like for a much longer period of time than Tommy Novak, yet they were mm-hmm. selected in the exact same class, but Novak played for the university of Minnesota and he played college hockey. Same thing with Carrier. Look how long same draft class 2015 has been playing pro hockey. seems like forever now yet. He was in the same draft class as a guy that is only in his second pro year. <laughs> yeah, with like in Trenton, his first taste of pro hockey was in 2015, 16 in the playoffs. Right, right. So I like to me, Trenton's not a not a prospect. He's not a prospect. He's he's, he's a he's a young he's guy a, for his opportunity. Yes, he's a professional hockey player who hasn't shown. This is going to sound bad. Hasn't showed a ton to have a full time role in the NHL yet. Yeah, but he and it an goes a long way with the opportunity. Yes. Yeah, it does. Okay. Let's move on. Up next, we have we do have a couple food questions and a movie question coming up. Of course we do. Yeah, because it's it's us. And I did say it doesn't have to be hockey-related, so we're answering what you wanted. If you wanted us to answer different questions, you should have tweeted us at LO underscore Predators. Uh, okay, that's all up next here on Locked on Predators Podcast. I'm Justin Bradford. He's Matt Best. Start your engines. Vroom, vroom, vroom. I was going to do a big old NASCAR thing there, but I changed my mind last second. I checked in out. But wait, 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 wait. Who's your favorite driver, current driver? Why do you have to ask me this? Matt D. Benedetto. Okay. That's good. Chase I, Elliott here. Okay. That's okay. You're, I think you're slightly impressed that I knew a driver that wasn't super duper popular. No, no, I I like that. I see. Okay. I chose Chase Elliott because I just knew he was likable before he won his his cup. Mm-hmm. So there we go. There's, anyways, move along. <laughs> anyways, those guys they definitely use RockAuto.com. I'm not lying to you whatsoever. They use RockAuto.com totally. to, to tune up their cars. Who needs a pit crew when you can get your pit crew online at RockAuto.com? Who needs people to change your tires when you can do it yourself with the lowest prices in the world at RockAuto.com? Family-friendly, NASCAR-friendly, whatever you want friendly. The greatest prices, the greatest drivers use their parts in the world. And the best part about it is we don't need you to do much for us here at Locked On. When you make your purchase to become a NASCAR driver, we need you to go and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us section. You can even write the folks at Locked On Predators said that we would become professional drivers and become the best racers in the world. You can go ahead and write that. It won't come back at us. Just don't leave our names. Again, rockauto.com. That's where you need to go. Your one-stop shop to go vroom, vroom around the racetracks. Welcome back to Locked On Predators podcast. Matt Best goes vroom, vroom. Justin Bradford goes beep, beep. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it's a mailbag day here at Locked On Predators. So let's go ahead and get to the next one here. Let's cover our two food-related questions in this mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. So this first one comes from Kat, who was able to think of a question that at first she couldn't. But her question to us is, you have to eat one of these candies nonstop for an hour. Which one is it? Black jelly beans or Easter candy corn? This is so easy for me. It's not even pretty. It's pretty easy for me because I'm assuming the black jelly bean is licorice, right? Yeah, yeah. It's black licorice. 
Okay. Candy corn. Easily candy corn. Easily candy corn. I cannot smell black licorice without wanting to dry heave. <laughs> so did you see our videos that my girlfriend and I did over quarantine where we we're trying Swedish and Finnish, uh, Finnish foods? No. Okay. I ordered a variety box from Taste of Finland. And with okay. it came a ton of licorice. And for those that are not aware, and we, I did this because I wanted to focus on food from countries that are hockey countries. So we got food from Finland. We got food from Sweden. We got food from Russia. Those are the three big prospect countries when it comes to predators prospects, of course. But those in Sweden and Finland love their licorice Ugh. so much. And if you have never had it before, it is a different type of licorice than you may be thinking, folks. A lot of it is salted and extremely salted to the point where it made me go <laughs> a little bit. It is an extreme flavor that I think you have to acquire. Uh, I didn't like it pretty much at all, unless it was a more simple flavor of licorice. Alex liked some of it, but not all of it. There was some that was just, I mean, it was coated in salt. Some of it was just coated in a thick layer of sea salt or regular salt. And I could not handle it. And I felt so bad for wasting some of it. So we tried to give some of it away. And some of it is so insanely chewy. But it is such a big deal. And again, if you're not familiar, it is a huge deal in those two countries having licorice. It is one of like their national desserts or snacks to have licorice. It is intense flavor. So if anything, try it. If you're trying to learn more about these countries and the, where these prospects are coming from and stuff, so you can feel like you relate to them go order a bag of Finnish or Swedish licorice and see if you can handle it because I bet most of them love it because they acquire it when they're young. And it's something that there's, there's foods that we have that other I know, people don't but like. I just like, so I'm a big smells and tastes guy. And like, well, obviously taste when I'm eating, right. but smells are what gets to me. I can, like, can you have Sambuca? Sambuca? Yeah. Like the, liquor that tastes like oh the look like liquor sorry we have a restaurant here called sambuca <laughs> that's weird but I, i'm talking about yeah you looked at me like i had seven heads i was like what did i say wrong here usually they serve small plates that's why it threw no, no, me no. off i'm Just, like well yeah i love sambuca <laughs> no like black licorice sambuca no like i okay so stupid me years ago completely drunk had no booze was at a house party and someone was oh, like here no. have some of this i had a shot of it and had to go outside because that's how much it throws me off completely i can't do it like i love regular licorice i love like all the funny flavored licorice that you can get black licorice and i don't get along and even if it's like black licorice jelly beans anything with that smell just sets me over the edge cat what do you what would you choose between yeah, the two? There's yeah, a reason to... she asked that question. Yeah, I feel like she's black licorice here. Yeah, she's either going to love us or hate us, and I feel like she's going to hate us. Because I feel like candy corn is also the nut low of candies, but it's digestible. But I could at least go through that aside from licorice, jelly yeah, beans. Yeah, because that's just straight sugar. Candy corn is just straight sugar. Straight sugar. I mean, for those Delicious. when Matt was telling a story, I was making the Chrissy Teigen face. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was doing. Okay, next question. This one comes from a friend, Kyle who has been learning Russian. <laughs> it was pretty cool. He got tweeted at by CKA. Was it CSK or CKA? Don't Which, look at me. I'm not Russian. I know you're not Russian, but the fact of the matter is that he got tweeted to by the Russian team oh, that, Af- that Afanasyev is on. 
man. Yes. Okay. Sorry. So, CKA. Yeah. Uh, yeah. CKA I was scrolling through my notifications and one more thing. Cat, I hate that gift so much. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, nut milk. Ugh. But, but yeah, I was scrolling through and that CKA popped up. CKA tweeted back to him because he's trying to learn Russian. And he's like, I figure I may do it. He's using Duolingo. So even his name on Twitter is is spelled in Russian now, which is really cool. I mean, that's mm-hmm. taken to the next level and I love it. But it's, his question, his question, oh, go ahead. It's, he's popped up on my timeline, you know, like when people like something uh-huh. and then I'm like, who the hell is this? And I did that at least four times today. And I was like, God, Kyle, damn it. So his, his question is, what's your favorite popcorn topping? You go first this time, Matt. I'm a very simple man with my popcorn. Dear God, I was going to say the exact same phrase. I am a very simple man. Layer my butter. And at the end of the day, dump some peanut M&Ms on it. And let's, let's just be done. I, I mean, <laughs> is that what you do? <laughs> the peanut M&Ms is an added bonus more than yes. anything else. But simple wise, it's just layer by butter. I'll take the salt that's already on it. I don't need to add any extra salt, Mm-mm. really. Nope. But it's movie theater butter layered, and I'll still shake it a little bit, give it a nice little tug. But and shake it a little bit in the bucket. <laughs> but, yeah, no, you will. But what I uh, what I like to do is make sure I shake it up after they layer it, and I ask like, hey, can you just toss it around a little bit? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not trying to be extra. It's just I want the butter flavoring to be layered in there. Now, what? They do at my movie theater. They probably won't be doing this much anymore after COVID, but they have their own fake butter topping dispenser. Oh, yeah. You can put it on. But what typically is happening is I ask them to only fill it halfway because I get the big bucket as a subscription bucket during normal times. And it's a refillable thing. So you spend like $25 at the beginning of the year. And it's a large bucket. And then when you go to refill it, it's only a couple dollars to refill it every time you go. So do you take this bucket with you every time you go to the movies? Yes. And you bring it home and you wash it and then you bring it back with you. That's incredible. That is yeah. not a thing here. And it's just, it's basically like your yearly because they know that popcorn's the moneymaker, right? Yeah. So even if they're charging you like $4 instead of $8 to fill this thing up, they're still making a ton of money. So what I do is because I don't want to waste it. It's just usually me eating popcorn. So this big bucket, I just say, hey, can you only do it half full? I'm going to toss some butter on it. And so that's what I make sure to do. Only get it half full. So when I go to the machine, I can just really layer it and toss it and really get that butter topping evenly spread. So here's my question for you. When you go to that butter machine, do you do the pro hack and you slip a straw onto the nozzle? No, I don't need to do that because I have room to toss it. So, yeah, okay, that's fair. Because I will do that if my popcorn bag is just filled but i i will pay the extra 50 cents people are always like you pay the extra 50 cents to get it layered it's like yes because the butter they have behind there is mm-hmm. so much better than the push a button butter oh near yeah the napkins oh yeah because you know people are going to waste the push a button butter yeah so it's just watered down ass okay. whereas their stuff <laughs> is the good stuff so here's, no here's the question for you then because I'm trying to figure out if things are different Mm-hmm. so I, this is what I remember and things have changed now in a lot of movie theaters but they haven't really changed in the Nashville area ones I know there's there's the draft house which I, I don't know if that's even still that survived COVID there's a couple of nice adult only ones that you have to be 18 plus to go but what in, are they showing there no 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 it's like you can't bring children to it it's so it's a better environment more than anything else you have to be 18 oh, or older okay. not an adult I've... theater you're talking about an adult film theater where you no, just no, no. with trench coats nah. like a weirdo and stereotype much <laughs> no, are you no. a trench coat wearer no anyways 
<laughs> what I noticed, this was a long time ago, so I was in college more than anything else. I remember going to see the first Harry Potter in Canada with my cousin, and I took my grandmother to, to see The Passion of the Christ there, which I'll get to that story in a second here. But I remember in the movie theaters in Canada, they had actual res- fast food restaurants as kiosks in the movie theater at this oh, one yeah. in Windsor. So there'd be like a New York fries company, a pizza mm-hmm. hut. They'd have those like a mini food court within the movie theater that they've obviously franchised or whatever, made struck a deal with to serve their products in there. It's not like you have an actual Taco Bell or something inside necessarily. I mean, it's kind of changed. Certain theaters okay. around here has like a central that? hub in right. In, like you walk in, you have your automated tickets on the left and right kind of thing. Then you have your actual ticket booth in the middle. And then in the middle of the big room is like, all your basics and it's like a big oval in the middle Mm -hmm. and it's your popcorn, your drinks, your candy, your nachos, your hot dogs and things like that. And then then surrounding that near like where all the alleys and gates are is like, there's a pizza pizza. There's a Taco Bell. There's a New York fries. There's a KFC at some uh, movie theaters. (laughs) Yeah. Poulet. Um, (laughs) There's, a lot of just fast food. I'm trying to think of the one near uh, but me. But I love that. I love that aspect. They don't have oh. in ours. They don't have that here. It's just a concession stand. Do you have VIP theaters? We have VIP like experiences. Like we can. I, there's a theater near my place. You can go to and you sit in like a big double seater lazy boy. So if you're on a date, you can like snuggle up. They do have that um, here. Yeah. And then like you can order beer to your chair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We have yeah, dine-in. order chicken wings and things like that. And it's just called dine in here with you get weight service throughout the whole movie. Yeah. And everything. It's a big full menu because of a full kitchen and everything where they come deliver it to you. And some of the food's actually been pretty decent. Not all of it, but obviously really, really high in calories. <laughs> I know that yeah, for I sure. Miss, and high in I sodium. Miss good food. Yeah, but but it's is one of those things that is a unique experience because I think movie theaters what they're obviously gravitating towards before the pandemic hit was if you're gonna pay that much money, you're paying for the experience. That's something that's different from home because people's home theaters are so much better nowadays. They have to offer something that makes you feel like you're paying for an experience. Um, that's what's been cool. But yeah, you have that eat-in restaurant, that dine-in feel that you're that you're having food being brought to you. But it still was cool in Canada to have those different restaurants you could get food from instead of having to sneak it in. Which I think that was a great way to oh, to, com- to combat that. Was you combat I... sneaking in food because it's available right there. It's people still going to sneak in food no matter what, right? But that's how you do it right there is you have it available for purchase so they don't have to worry about that. And that was that was pretty cool. What's the best food? you've ever snuck in or like the best snuck in food story that you have for me for a movie theater? Uh, probably winter time and yep. bringing in Taco Bell. Nice. That's a good one. Because things are squishy mm-hmm. and it's easy to fit it in all these different pockets that are in winter coats. Yes. Smart so man. I'm talking like a quesadilla, a chalupa, a burrito, cinnamon twists, like a full-on freaking meal you're that asshole that makes the theater smell real good oh yeah and also it's funny too i I don't typically do this alex does this more than me uh but brings in a brings in like a canned drink oh and goes (laughs) and it's a I'm like everybody just heard that you couldn't be a little quiet about that Uh, yeah like the discreet (laughs) i know (laughs) but the oh uh, yeah well, oh, it's either rip that. the Band-Aid off quickly or just Oh, yeah. Now, the funny, the funny story I have is, and it's not to get serious or anything like that, but it's just I thought it was funny given the movie we're going to see. I have a grandmother, 
was devout Catholic and took her to see the Passion of Christ when she was still with us. This was back in like the mid 2000s. And what's so funny is the movie we're going to see is obviously a very serious film, right? About about the, it was supposed to be the story of Jesus. And we knew what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen and how graphic it's going to get and everything like that. What was so funny to me that it was hard to hold back the, the, the laughter because it was just like, they can't be serious. It's like in Harry Potter on the train when they have the trolley. Because the theaters, when I was there in Canada, they would come in before the movie starts. If you forgot anything at the concession stand, they'd bring in a trolley that would have some of the concessions on it, as well as some like whirly gigs and stuff like that for children's movies that you see at the carnival. And they pulled in the cart to the Passion of the Christ. <laughs> and they're trying to sell these like anybody needs some m&ms some popcorn bottles of water as well as they had some like spinners and balloons and stuff on it too Ooh, Jesus! it was really like anything from the trolley dears anything from the trolley before <laughs> okay. passion of the christ and i'm like I've... i don't even eat popcorn during this movie let alone get like candy and think yeah this is a candy eating movie right here <laughs> i love this <laughs> who just got crucified yum okay let's keep I just, going i could like, like it was beyond me and i know it's their job and they had to do it it's just if i was managing that i'd be like okay let's just not during that time because i know eating popcorn is a thing for movies it is just something that we're naturally doing but i feel like there's some movies for another for instance okay that one was obviously a little more deep and everything so hopefully f- folks that you didn't get offended but we went to go see this was not with my grandma this was my girlfriend went to go see a quiet place oh boy for a 10 o'clock showing uh so it was a full theater it was the opening weekend for it but and this wasn't us it's what i experienced another couple having they come in with this huge bucket of popcorn huge bucket it's right before the movie starts and if you've never seen a quiet place it seriously is a very quiet movie. It's all about sound and light pieces of sound. So it's, there's hardly any, there's no music really. There's no much dialogue. You're in it for the acting and the plot through the acting suspense. of the characters. It's very much suspense, but not much sound. I kid you not, they maybe took two or three bites and then set the entire bucket down because it was so loud. It was that yeah. loud in a huge theater too. We're talking like well over, there's a couple hundred people in this theater and that's how loud it was. And you could tell they didn't eat much either and just set it down. Cause when we get up to leave at the end of the movie, it is a full bucket of popcorn still. That's <laughs> they were embarrassed to eat it. <laughs> I have follow up questions for you. Oh boy. One, if you go to a movie theater and you don't have your refill, refill bucket and you only eat half your bag of popcorn, do you take the popcorn home? Um, usually not because it's so doused in that fake butter topping that it's that not going to be that good. Soggy, yeah, okay, yeah. I've that's... been screamed at for that before for not taking my popcorn home. Like you can just have it. I don't care for it. By your mother? No, not by my mother. Uh, two. I was about to say it um, sounds like a motherly thing. Like, don't let the 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 rice can't go to waste. No, it's all my my friends are like, yeah, you paid for that popcorn. I'm like, yeah, and I'm gonna do what I want with it, and it's not eat this soggy ass stuff. Right. I'm gonna leave this here. Right. Uh, two. <laughs> I need to go to that movie theater that sells spinners and stuff because I would have been that guy, a Passion of the Christ, with one. It was um, in Windsor. Right. And uh, three to follow up, the most I've ever <laughs> snuck into a movie theater is a double cheeseburger in each coat pocket, 10 nuggets, oh, yeah, boy. Uh, fries, and a, I think it was a double quarter pounder, brought it all in. Because the movie theater in my hometown is right next to a McDonald's Walmart. Oh my God. 
So you can just waltz so on country. over. No way. Was this all for you? I don't want to answer that. You, you just did. It's incriminating. <laughs> you, you can't. You that's just, entrapment. You just. Wait. Do you have the fifth there that you can plead? <laughs> yes. I'll get a spinner too from my local movie theater. <sighs> I played the fifth. You're Canadian, Matt. Oh. <laughs> right. I played the sank. Oh God. Okay. So this is one thing for me that's more just preference to see what theaters do because every theater is different. Do they do bags there for popcorn? Like the little bags that they have to open up or do they do buckets? Uh, bags like 99% of the time. The only time there's okay. buckets is if there's like a promo deal or something like that. I prefer buckets because there's it's wider. I want wide so I can shake the popcorn. Yeah, we know why you want a bucket. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm glad that was your reaction. Up next, up next, we have a question just about <laughs> movies and TV and superheroes that we're going to get to. This is a com- almost a non-hockey episode that we did spend 20 minutes talking hockey to begin it. Yeah. Uh, up next on the Lock and podcast, he's Matt Best. I'm Justin Bradford. Folks, if you want to bet on the NHL, NBA, MLB is coming up. March Madness is still going on. There's a lot you can bet on in the world right now. Uh, unfortunately, you can't bet on what we're going to talk about in any show because we half the time just say the words. Uh, bet online is the place you need to go. BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. It covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. So even if you have a loved one or a friend or even someone that you just want to be like, hey, you like this stuff, go bet on it. Bet online has it covered for you. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. All the new scores and odds so you're not left in the dark. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. There is no bookie fee. It's fantastic. There is no, they don't take a cut of your money. It's really, really nice. And speaking of that, they're actually just going to give you money. If you use promo code Locked On, they'll give you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code Locked On L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at betonline.ag. All right, it's time to chat Built Bar Madness. Built Bar! Fortunately, we have the same matchup as before. Um, It hasn't gone through yet because we have been just doing a lot of podcasts here at Lockdown Predators. You're welcome. Uh, (laughs) So we're just going to take this whole ad read here to talk about the top three flavors that we want to try microwaved. Because if you missed our last podcast, Justin has found out that you can microwave a built bar and create this delicious hot cake for yourself. And uh, honestly, it seems more appealing to me. Not saying a built bar is not appealing, it just seems appealing to have a dessert when you're on a conscious diet and you're not grouping it into protein bars. A protein dessert sounds fantastic to me. Uh, I'll let you kick things off. What is your number one flavor that you want to try microwave? Let's do three, two, one. Okay. Are you going to count off or me? Oh, number three. Go ahead, you. Oh, wait. Number three or three, two, one, go? Oh, no, no, no. Like, we're going to rank our top threes. So uh. be quick with your third flavor, and then I'll be quick with my third, and then we'll be quick with our seconds, and then I our number gotcha. one. I gotcha. Okay. Peanut butter brownie. Um, Give me... Oh, you wasn't take that. Uh, Caramel brownie is number three. Okay. Caramel brownie is number two for me. Uh, banana nut bread is number two because I feel like it would taste like banana bread. White chocolate birthday cake. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, white chocolate birthday cake is number one. <laughs> Slam dunk, take to the bank. That it says literally, cake in the name. It, it has cake, and you can't melt a cheesecake and expect it to be good. And everyone knows I love lemon almond cheesecake, but you can't melt that. Uh, white chocolate birthday cake, number one. Again, the matchup we have on our hands is coconut against white chocolate birthday cake. We are both picking 
white chocolate birthday cake. Justin, tell the people where they can get Built Bar and what the code is. Yo, go to BuiltBar.com, y'all. That's what the big thing right there. 15% this? off your next order. If you use promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15, 50% off your order at BuiltBar.com. It is the best healthy protein bar you could ask for. The flavors are phenomenal. I get the mixed box every time because I don't want to get bored with the same flavor. I want to try something new every single time when I have it for breakfast or if I have it for a middle-of-the-day snack or from heating it up in the microwave for a nice warm gooey dessert so go to builtbar.com use promo code locked 15 that's l-o-c-k-e-d one five get 15 percent off your next order at builtbar.com peace welcome back to the locked on predators podcast dj bradford here with <laughs> shut up <laughs> if you skip ad reads you won't know what we're talking about go listen to our built bar ad read okay this uh, one... i'm actually interested let us know if you listen to our ad reads or not i don't know if we're even allowed to ask that but i truly don't care it's, uh, it's let us study. know it's a business study yeah okay our last question comes from ty what super hero <laughs> sorry <laughs> what is wrong with me sorry uh what, what super hero where's my super suit what superhero are you dying to see a movie slash tv show made out of doesn't have to be totally new for instance i really want to see green lantern done well that's that's a good one you definitely want to see green lantern done well and ryan reynolds definitely does not want to remember that role <laughs> mm-hmm. this is this was a really really tough one and i tried to do a bit of research and try to figure something out Man, I don't know. You do you have one? Because I'm still like racking my brain. I have a few bouncing around, but I don't have anything that's like unworldly amazing. Oh, you don't? No, I know you do. I mean, I may. Get I may it. not. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no. This was tough. No, no, no. So the the ones that I want are the Filipino superheroes. Is what I'd love to see. Uh, okay. uh, so Wave is in Marvel. Wave, uh, Sea Hunter, um, those those are the two that that I'd love to see. And, oh, and Red Feather. So three uh, are three ones that would be cool to see. Either way, I just love representation when it comes to that because it's so cool to, to see these things. I mean, we we think about what Black Panther did and how cool that was and how it introduced comic books to. Compl- so many different people and got them hyped up about a character that was representative of them. And that's for everyone. What it, what, however you identify or your culture background, it'd be, it's cool to see yourself being represented on screen. And I know for me and Matt, there's not many times we saw Filipinos represented much in pop culture, unless we were watching Filipino TV uh, mm-hmm. with our moms. <laughs> so, so we don't get too much of that. So it'd be really cool to see a Filipino superhero make its way in. I mean, that's why Shang-Chi is going to be pretty cool see that wave uh, in terms of just different characters from Asia being involved and the the Eternals is also going to do that there's so many different characters we're seeing being introduced and it's just really cool to see that so I'd love to see a Filipino or Filipina Philippinex superhero character be represented somewhere in TV or on the big screen and in the in the very near future it would be really cool for me to see that because if there's a way also to, to use that to introduce Filipino culture like food and traditions and stuff like that that's even taking it to the to the next level because we all know how awesome Filipino food is, and it is t- taking the next step in the U.S. especially as the next big thing. We've seen Chinese food make its wave really early on, then Japanese food, Thai food, uh, Vietnamese, Korean, Filipinos. That's the next big thing. 
I promise you. It's it's already it's it's already fusion. It's just got to make its way in the middle of the U.S. Wow, your answer is so well thought out that I'm just gonna look like an asshole here. Um, I couldn't agree more though. I think that would be so cool to see, just because a it's part of our culture and like you said, I feel like it is the next big wave of what's to come for people to experience. And it, not saying I don't even know the right way to do this, but I feel like you and I are decent ambassadors for the Filipino culture. Like we are proud of our culture. We're growing up. A lot of people weren't necessarily proud to be Filipino just because it's different and it's like niche compared to a lot of major ethnicities that are out there. I don't want to get too serious about this, but I think it'll just be cool to have Filipino culture out on the forefront in pop culture for North America, for Europe and places like that. Uh, my very boring answer is give me Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie, like just give me more of that backstory. Sure. Give me a little mini series. I don't need a full movie. Uh, I just like, I want a series, 10 episodes. Give me that. Cause one, I think she's a phenomenal actress. And two, I think there's so much in that story that can be flushed out. We're Marvel guys here on this podcast. Um, I, I just think she's pretty badass too in the way she acts. So I, uh, I would watch that in an instant. Also, please give me more of Justice League Snyder Cut because that haven't one, watched it yet. It was fantastic because right. it's character development, plot development. We got what we needed out of it. Dude, don't don't uh, me. It is. I mean, really no. Good. The only reason I'm knowing you is because four hours. I need I need to find four hours to watch it, that. But here's what's great, folks. If you haven't watched it yet, I'm not going to spoil it because there is plenty that's different on it. They literally separate into chapters. They, they break it up for you, which makes it easier to digest because each chapter focuses on a different part of the story and it actually splits it out in the movie. You don't have to remember, okay, at the 26 minute mark, I have to stop it. No, it actually pauses and says part two, part three. It makes it to where you could watch it over a span of a few days and treat it like a mini series. Does it weave together nicely, though? Like from yes, part one? Okay. It absolutely does. There's a point to it, and you can see what Snyder was going for in it. And I know there may be some people rolling their eyes, but overall, the, the feedback that it's receiving is overwhelmingly good because of the universe it was building, the character backstory, especially like Cyborg. We actually get the character supposed to become, we get more of, of Barry. Uh, we, we get more, so much more of Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman that doesn't make it look cheesy. It actually develops her character that much more. Uh, and even the, those that are protecting the mother boxes, it makes the movie so much more worthwhile, especially the, the epilogue as well into Nightmare and, and how they bring some of these characters in there too, that it, it was completely set up to have one more film, to at least have a Justice League 2. Uh, but it does such a better job and we don't have any crazy uh, mustache lip edits on Superman <laughs> either. I mean, it's... I just it's really well done. And I, that's what I do for Matt, for anybody that has a very, very busy schedule. I found some time on a Saturday night. Cause I, luckily I did. Cause the predators had a mad yeah. day that helped, but you can, you can split it up into parts and that's really going to help you digest it. I feel like Wednesday night's going to be my avenue to do it. Cause I, I don't think I could watch one part of it and be like, that's it. I'll just stop for now. For me, like, as, like soon as, hour, I asked you, as soon as I asked you, like, does it weave together? And you said yes. If you said, yeah, kind of, then I would have been like, okay, yeah, I'll miniseries it. But since it weaves together, I feel like I'm ripping myself off if it, I just don't yeah. watch it all and in one go. It goes right into the into Ty's question that te it teases Green Lantern a little bit more than just mm -hmm. like a bloop. There's, the, and there's another character that is that emerges in it as well. Snyder wanted to make sure it was in it that was not even close to being in the Joss Whedon cut of it as well. So it's a nice little surprise for comic book fans too, of the character that makes an appearance in this too. 
which could spin off and it was meant to spin off into other things. So highly recommend that because it does character build and story build more to where you feel you feel fulfilled after watching this as a superhero movie. Um, I liked overall the music is good too. They're not they weren't trying to be Marvel, and that's what needs DC needs to do is don't try to be Marvel. Do your own thing and make good movie. I mean, to simplify it, make good movie. <laughs> make good movie. Make it entertaining, character develop, plot develop, and do that. You don't have to have cheeky and cheesy humor like Marvel does. That's Marvel's thing. And I like Marvel 4 because it's, it does them very well. DC doesn't need to do it. It's okay to be a little dark, but, it's, but you need to develop these characters to give them something that gives them depth. And that's what they did not have in the original and the theatrical release of the Justice League movie. So highly recommend that. I need, yeah, I need to just make time and watch do it. it. Do it. All right, Matt. Well, we need to pick a winner, do we not? No, it's tomorrow, remember? God darn it. One more. We thought it was today, but it's tomorrow. And I That's meant right. to do the $25 giveaway off the top of this to remind people. But if you listen to us this far, I'll give you a handshake too when the world opens up again. Um, I'll do the one giveaway. You hit the other. Giving away 25 bucks. I promise I'll make this. I can time myself. 10 seconds. Here we go. Three, two, one giving away $25. All you have to do on Apple podcast is go rate and review us five stars. Leave your Twitter handle, say something nice about us. And I will PayPal you $25. We will announce the winner tomorrow. 10 seconds. And the other giveaway PK Subban home Jersey predators Jersey from when he was here. It's a fit size 52 Ryan Ellis, Malky Admiral's bobblehead, a beanie slash toque and a license plate frame. It's the pin post on our Twitter handle at locked on predators lo underscore predators make sure you follow us subscribe and everything you can possibly do interact with us on twitter at just bradford at best of matt thank you so much for tuning in and we'll talk to you next time is your wallet a little lighter than usual after the holiday season consider it money well spent because you deserve to live your best life and the chime checking account wants to help you live yours to the fullest A little extra money goes a long way, which is why the Chime checking account has tons of benefits that millions of members love, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and access to over 60,000 easy-to-find and fee-free ATMs. You even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit, all while managing your money on the go, including sending and receiving money fee-free with friends that aren't even on Chime. Sign up for Chime today for you and your wallet. Get started at Chime.com slash Goals24. That's Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply.